0: So, so we can start?
1: Uh, sure.
0: Okay. Welcome to the second episode of Artist Materialist. Um, I'm Susanna King, and I am a UX designer and artist.
1: And I'm Dan, a material scientist.
0: And we are going to discuss the long read you didn't have time to read. And this week... It is an article from Racked called Why Gen X Isn't Psyched for the 90s Revival by Sarah Tatiana Bernstein. And this was an article that I know I found it just by sort of going through the rabbit hole from last week's article. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. I I thought um, you... How did you find it?
1: (laughs) Well, Racked is uh, a Vox Media... Property and it's one of the ones that I go to that uh, they have a, a history of interesting reporting on on fashion that's a little bit more sort of scholarly. So I I enjoy the the website.
0: Okay, yeah, and it's this particular article is is interesting because it gets into not just fashion but sort of you know who is Gen X and and takes a look at, uh, you know, what the whole generation is. And and that brings up one question I had for you. Do you consider yourself part of Gen X since you're kind of on the cusp of the different generations?
1: Well, I, I end up being sort of one of three. Um, I can either be Gen X sort of, but not really, or I can be Gen Y millennial only sometimes according to the different people who decide these things. <laughs> and and then there's all these other uh th- things that go around to my contemporaries a lot about uh are you a, a zenial, are you Generation Catalano from um I think that's uh well I've okay. I've not that heard again.
0: of Generation Catalano. What does that come from?
1: That comes from uh that one short-lived TV show that I'm blanking on the name of.
0: I really don't. It's not one that I watched, obviously. And I know I'm probably dating myself, but there were, it's, I'm guessing it was maybe one of those sitcoms like, uh, you know, Saved no, by the Bell.
1: Or no, it was a little after that. It was, it was sort of like a, a it was uh, the one with maybe Jennifer Garner or something. Um, it's. My So-Called Life. Yes, that's the one. It's about, yes, it's the the, the the male lead in my so-called life.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, I, that, if I recall, I think that show was on one of those channels that we didn't get back in the day.
1: Yes, um, exactly. It was oh, paid
0: channels, and so I never nope. watched
1: it. It was on, uh, it was on the WB. So we, we. Ah, okay. Just like I also didn't get Dawson's Creek. So that yeah. was uh, very emblematic of of the end of the 90s uh, was, was Dawson's Creek, but couldn't watch it. So um, yeah, yeah. by
0: that time I was in college and so I actually could see it because it was uh, it was um, the TVs there for some reason had it the whole Melrose place and all those things, Dawson's Creek. I remember there was a group that um got together to watch Dawson's Creek every uh whatever day it was on. <laughs> I did not, obviously. I was part so of the Melrose Place group that got together I, to watch that.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I end up sort of considering myself that in between group. Um some I, I see myself in both groups, but not fully part of either. Um, you can have. There's a whole other thing about when does the millennials really start, but um, I think. So uh, I th- I think for purposes of this discussion, I I I can pretend to be a Gen Xer.
0: Close enough. I mean, you grew up with Gen Xers, so.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> so, the premise of the article is that you know, unlike our parents who took their. Clothes from their youth and put them in the attic, so that we could wear them for costumes later, um, we're more or less still wearing the clothes from our youth, and so when the nineties revival style came back, um it didn't really feel like a revival to us so much, or it felt kind but of awkward
1: it 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 for for our listeners, we should say that you are definitely Gen x
0: oh, I am absolutely smack in the middle of Gen X yes <laughs> <laughs> and and it's true, I am, like some of the people the, uh, uh, the writer talked to, still literally wearing some of the same clothes from college and high school, at least the ones that haven't worn out. And some of that is just because I Tend to wear my clothes until they literally fall apart, or I can't fit into them anymore. Um, but one of the great things about a lot of '80s and '90s clothes is that they were so big and baggy that you can just keep wearing them and wearing them until you get, you know, just wearing them forever until they fall apart.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I'm I'm still wearing some of my '90s. I'm still wearing a lot of my '90s clothes because they were truly enormous.
0: And... Yeah, I know those huge T-shirts. You know, <laughs> I really hope I don't get too big for
1: those. <laughs> yeah, that's the, a lot of the clothes I've bought since the 90s have been smaller, even though I was in the middle school at the, the time I got some of those things. It's, it's a, it is it's definitely a hallmark of, of 90s clothing is, is just how huge it was.
0: Yes, yes. And I then there that- was sort of the, but then it all kind of changed in the very late 90s when there was there was actually i remember sort of that huge fashion revolution that was the um really more ushering in the 2000s when kate moss came in and all of
1: a sudden yeah uh
0: low-cut pants were in you know the the hip huggers and all that stuff that was very new and all of a sudden everything was tight and you know Britney Spears looking and that was the very very end of the
1: 90s really. Um it was and I, it's interesting that you I, I had i been thinking about this and I and I'd failed to think about Kate Moss and the whole that whole uh, the sort of Calvin Klein uh campaign and I think for us not being from New York we don't uh we didn't grow up thinking about how New York centric a lot of this fashion stuff is.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I did, because I remember all these books that I read. um, I read a lot of Judy Bloom growing up, and and it all took place in New York. And it felt like all these books that I read all took place in New York. Um, And so I felt like, you know, I I had kind of a chip on my shoulder about the the East Coast, because it seemed like everything – was sort of East coast centric and growing up on the West coast, I was kind of like, well, that's just them. That's just how they think about it. It's different out here in the West.
1: (laughs) I still think that way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I still do to some degree do. I mean, because, you know, we had the whole, the skater and surfer styles, which I don't think they really, I mean, maybe they had the skater styles in New York, but I don't think they had the surfer styles to the degree that i experienced them at least in the 80s i mean that was a huge influence on fashion in california
1: absolutely i think that's just now cresting everywhere and i think that's that's one of the things that they don't really talk about uh here is is one of the you know while it, it seems like maybe it's sort of like an end of history part of fashion the continuing making everything more casual does seem to have a lot of West Coast influence that yes. you didn't have before.
0: Yes, the making things casual is is very West Coast. And I know that that is one thing that the 90s really did bring in and all these different styles she talks about, you know, there's the, uh, you know, the sort of the punk, the riot girl, the uh, the hip hop, different styles. But the one thing that they all have in common is they kind of it it was the first time that they well maybe not the first time I guess the first time would have been the you know late 70s punk but they really brought in street style and things really got a lot more casual in the 90s in the 80s if you look back like at pictures from um, you know high school seniors in 1985 they kind of look like you know old people or grown-ups it's weird because they're so dressed up I mean to our eyes Um, and then I look at my graduating high school class and I look at the same high school class, um, when, you know, York sends out its annual little magazine for alumni and there's almost no difference. It's something happened so that we're all kind of, you know, casual looking. It's the hairstyles, the clothes, there's, very, very little difference between however many years ago and now.
1: One, one of the things I was thinking about in terms of this is uh, how clothes got cheaper. And I, I don't, I, I know that happened in stages. Certainly, I think that helped bring in the 90s and also uh, ushered the next thing beyond it, where um, coming into the 90s, you had I don't know quite when container ships uh, started being used more and more globalization of fashion, but you had more casual clothing that was, that was cheaper to make and cheaper to buy. And so you could have, you didn't have to have the one suit that you cleaned again and again, you could have more clothing uh, just sort of from a consumer perspective, you could have more clothing.
0: Yeah. And then, and then there's the manu- the just in time manufacturing, um, which that was a little more of a 21st century thing. Um, yes. but it was getting started in the nineties and the whole fast fashion thing didn't really take off yet because the technology wasn't there, but it was, it was coming.
1: Yeah. I mean, H&M I- at least existed in, in Sweden at the time, but the other part of it I, I thought about was that, uh, about halfway through the nineties is when, uh, is when China joined the WTO. Well, that's a very good point.
0: Yes, that would explain why a lot of the clothes got cheaper. And I do remember I lived in Atlanta for a good chunk of the 90s. And because I had lived in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee for the previous four years, being in Atlanta, I did a lot of shopping because it was very exciting to all of a sudden be someplace where you could shop and where they had the latest stuff and, that was about that time when I guess all of the stuff from China would have been all of a sudden coming in and you could really get a huge variety of, you know, up-to-date fashionable clothes.
1: Yeah. Well, the other, the other thing that, the, so the, in, in the the article that it seems like they, they pointed out sort of two uh, veins of, of nineties fashion, as, as we think of nineties fashion. And there's sort of the, there's sort of two ends of the spectrum. You had the thrift shop look. And I certainly remember the nineties. That was the ultimate thing is if you could, for, for my crew is if you could find great stuff at a thrift shop, that was the ultimate. And on the other end of the spectrum, which was a world I didn't really know about, or I actively avoided was the logos. So you had the thrift shop where you had stuff that you couldn't tell where it came from at all. And it was very unique. And on the other end of the spectrum, you had enormous uh, luxury brand logos, for, you know, from yeah. uh, giant Tommy Hilfiger logos on on shirts, and then
0: big Calvin uh, even, Klein logos, and
1: yeah, and and even more extreme, the whole uh, New York Dapper Dan, where they took you know Gucci or uh, Yves Saint Laurent whatever prints and put it all over jackets. So it's like make it even more so.
0: Yeah. I definitely saw that in Atlanta. That was um, being in a big city that definitely had its share of um, people trying to, you know, people with a lot of disposable income and wanting to show it off. That was a big trend. And also because Atlanta was um, the center of the up and coming hip hop scene at the time. That's when um, TLC was in their prime. And um, so the, the big logo look was was very, very uh, popular in Atlanta. So I'll, I remember seeing a lot of that. It was not my thing, though. I was very anti-logo, and I was definitely part of the, um, the thrift store group. My friends and I would enjoy finding interesting thrift shops. Um, in Little Five Points, there, was a, there were some great ones. And um, not just the thrift shops, but sort of the weird punk boutiques, um, Junkman's Daughter was one and they would have all kinds of strange and interesting things there.
1: I had a question uh, uh, because you were uh, in the working world at that time, what was shopping for business work, uh, business wear like at that time? I mean, so I, I definitely, I remember ads for the gap, but I, and I know, Later on, it, everything became casual, but it was sort of, seems like it was might have been an in-between time. I don't know what it was, what was available, if it that had changed or.
0: It was it definitely an in-between time. It was a lot more like the 80s and I bought a lot of sort of the women's discount clothes. I shopped from Spiegel and um, Chadwick's of Boston, <laughs> you know, the catalogs. And there was also a big um, warehouse in Atlanta that had, sort of, you know, generic women's work clothes. And I look back at the stuff I wore and it just, you know, it's kind of horrifying now that I wore that stuff. But it was, you know, the sort of a lot of, you know, the slacks and sweater sets. Sweater sets were huge. The matching um, T-shirt sweater and the cardigan and um, button downs. I look back and I look like, you know, it's it's sort of a... <laughs> it's very anti-feminine really is what it was. I mean, as much as florals were big, women's workwear was still very stuck in the 80s. That sort of, you know, men's wear as women's wear look.
1: So was um, it was it kind of androgynous or was it sort of uh I'm I'm sort of camouflaged that I'm not really a woman. I'm 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 just yeah. here.
0: Yeah, it wasn't It was. It was so much androgynous as it was camouflaging. It was, and it still had, a lot of it still came with shoulder pads, but I ripped the shoulder pads out of everything I bought. <laughs> now that you can don't buy anything with shoulder pads in it, but back then everything came with shoulder pads in it still, and I just uh, snipped them out of everything I bought. Lots of, you know, high-waisted uh, polyester pants with creases, swingy, uh very full pants too you know things that button down square shirts things that really sort of hide your shape and hide your femininity that was 90s or early 90s workwear
1: well that that reminds me the, the first first shirt i ever bought specifically to wear to to go dancing or to be to go it was my party shirt and it was this extremely square cut giant red silk <laughs> shirt. And, um, I'm, I'm, uh, now that I'm married, I'm not allowed to wear it even to a nineties themed party. (laughs) It's that bad. (laughs) It's that bad. But I thought it was the coolest thing at the time and it was very large and very square. And, uh, I I can't, you know, so that I've not seen any evidence of that being revived.
0: Well, you know, I'm thinking back there's of the, uh, stuff that I wore that was, if I had to pick one thing that was sort of cemented the 90s look for me, it would have been, I had this dress that I bought right after I got to Atlanta. It was this long silk dress that was floral, and it was high-waisted and just very, very flowy, and I would wear it with this little cropped um, cardigan sweater that had sleeves that were too long, and it was very much that sort of granny look that was popular with I I wore a lot of those long floral dresses in the nineties. That was, and, and to the point where at some point about 10 years ago, I swore I was never going to wear anything floral ever (laughs) again. I wore way too much floral stuff. And when I saw uh, floral things starting to come back in style, I was kind of like, no, it can't. I am so over floral. Everything was very floral. And it's kind of interesting because I definitely had two, completely separate wardrobes the the work wardrobe which was the you know solid colors and big polyester pants and button-up shirts and then there was my not work wardrobe which was or for church anything anytime I was dressed up it was the long floral stuff and then you know just hanging out it was the the high-waisted jeans which we still wore back then and the um and the tight uh, t-shirts with the printed stuff on them you know like that that had recently come back in style what they called the ringer tees that had the oh, different yeah. colors on them on the uh the edges of the sleeves and neck i i had one that had a glittery rainbow turtle on it and i thought that was the coolest thing ever
1: <laughs> oh i'm i'm sure there there's a lot of people buying a version of that right this second <laughs> Probably That's, uh, i i'm it's curious that we haven't seen or maybe, maybe you I'm sure you're in a better position to see it than I am, but the 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 long dresses the long skirts that seems like a very practical thing that could come back any time or probably has several times
0: yeah, the long skirts came back for a while um I want to say like around twenty ten or so. Maybe, yeah, maybe around twenty ten, twenty twelve or so. The skirt lengths come and go, but um, and actually, fairly recently, the the like sort of like the long um, t-shirt material skirts were in. But yeah. I generally have learned that I can't wear long skirts where I live now because there's this. Um, religious group around here and all the women wear super long skirts and their hair up. And so if I go out like with my hair in a bun, wearing a long skirt, just because it's comfortable, people think (laughs) I'm part of this weird religious group. So I just, I just can't wear long skirts anymore.
1: (laughs) And isn't that fashion for you. It's the, the extension. And one of the other things I was, Thinking back to the the whole uh, the the grouping of the the thrift store, which we, I think we both identify ourselves with a bit, is yes. how much of that seems modeled off of specifically Judd Nelson in the Breakfast Club. That's I mean, as much as it was grunge, it seems like Judd Nelson in the Breakfast Club, which was in that came out in nineteen eighty five.
0: Yeah, that's but it definitely is related. I mean, I know that the the long um, sort of granny hip, granny chic, whatever they called it, the long skirts and all that was very much modeled off of Molly Ringwald, um, especially in 16 Candles. Uh-huh. Well. And yeah, again, that was 80s. So I guess some of the stuff that's in pop culture takes a while to trickle down to fashion.
1: Right. Well, and it, it is interesting, though, it, it, it was, I was trying to check Check my my memories of, of the revivals of the the 50s and the 60s uh against what the article was talking about, how the, the, the 90s were very much the 60s. And I and I thought back, like, okay, well, in the 80s it really was this revival of the 50s, where you had Back to the Future and Peggy Sue Got Married, which are right also around 1985. And then in the 90s, you really did have this uh 60s revival with with the Lollapalooza and everything being very almost very consciously going back to uh the 60s and I remember thinking in the 90s there's no way that the 70s are going to come back but then in the 2000s they definitely did
0: oh I and I remember there was a bar in Atlanta that I thought was so cool when I first got there that was a 70s themed bar and it was called Bell Bottoms, and it had an actual light-up disco floor. And I thought that was so cool at the time. That was the idea of a 70s themed place was was pretty new at that point.
1: But it, it I mean, the 70s really did come back. You had, right, you had bell-bottom pants, and you had uh, that 70s show. Yeah, I mean. that 70s show. Yes, you had all like the juicy couture, all the like velour tracksuits really yes. came back in the in the 2000s. Well, it so was the a, latter
0: half of the 90s too. I mean, the later half of the 90s was when the 70s, because I remember it was around 95 when bell bottoms all of a sudden came back. Oh,
1: it, that's, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So it's, I think there is the sense uh, that when the business of fashion started really seeing how profitable it could be is, is with, a, with the population increase and a lot of, people getting rid of all their old clothes it's like oh there's not enough bell bottoms to go around or there there weren't enough i don't know granny sweaters to go around so we can sell you more and then uh and then oh we've sold as many as we're going to sell we better we better gin up the next the next decade and i think that's i always find that that seems like where we are now is that they tried to sell too much stuff and now there's there's nowhere to go so they just have to keep going around and around
0: that does kind of make sense I mean for a while I would say okay because I save my clothes for so long in the back of my closet I would say okay when I finally get rid of something that's when it's going to come back and Mm -hmm. that did happen for a while um but now yeah it's they kept trying to bring stuff back and bring stuff back and it's just gotten to the point where, I don't know, it's, it's, the cycle is a little quick and I guess we didn't have the huge changes in fashion um, between, you know, the the nineties and now that they did say between, you know, the, 50s and the 70s you think about that and those were some major fashion changes about the way people dressed
1: Um, well a lot of that i think may have been driven by the by technology where you had this new polyester thing that had been that didn't exist you know it certainly didn't exist in the 20s or the 30s and then uh you couldn't wear it during the 40s because they needed all the polyester for or they needed all the nylon anyways to make parachutes out of and then after the war, they didn't need to make so many parachutes, but they still had all the nylon making. And all of a sudden you had, uh, nylon, rayon, all these different synthetic fabrics. Then there was a backlash against that. And now we have more different technical fabrics. So I, I think now the, the new things that we see with all the athleisure is driven by more new. Technical fabrics and yoga pants and whatnot. I don't. I mean, I don't. Think I you agree.
0: I mean, all the the whole Under Armour thing really changed the way I, at least the way that younger kids dress. I noticed, especially the boys, and that's yeah. what I see. But um, having those fabrics available, yeah, and the and the athleisure thing that might be the the signature fashion of um, the current decade is the athleisure trend.
1: I'm curious. What, to what extent you saw, uh, you think that, for instance, Sex in the City had a, a hand in, in leading out of the 90s or, or you think, don't really see that?
0: No, I think what that changed was it brought in an awareness of um, sort of fashion as art. If you pair that with um, Project Runway, there mm-hmm. was a renewed interest in designer fashion Whereas, you know, the early 90s and maybe mid 90s, it was more about vintage. It was about, you know, other, there were the big labels. Sure, there was that trend, but there was also the trend of, you know, just sort of wearing whatever you could find and, you know, it, it designer stuff didn't matter so much. Big difference between labels and designers because people would wear, you know, a T-shirt that had... A big CK on it or something, but that wasn't so much designer as it was, you know, advertising the brand.
1: Yeah, it was, um, a, it was a literal label. You were literally yes. labeling yourself as as a CK person.
0: <laughs> Whereas the Sex in the City and um, Project Runway brought in the idea of clothing as art, where you would have something that you know, the the signature shoe, the signature bag, and that was. That became a thing. Whereas in the '90s, no one had a signature bag. I mean, maybe there, some people did, but certainly not anybody I knew. And in the 2000s, that was a big deal. You had to have, you know, just that perfect purse that was Kate Spade, of course, <laughs> or Louis Vuitton, and that was that was a very 2000s kind of
1: thing. So it's it's almost like a, a, even though in the '90s it was you're supposed to be individual, but it was. Everybody being individual in the same way. Where in the two thousands it was like you had to have something that was your signature, like your personal signature.
0: Yeah, but it was more I don't know, it was more dressed up. It was kind of a a backlash against the very, very casual nineties, you know, the grunge and the the baggy hip-hop look and then and sort of the shapeless you know, bagginess of everything. And then the 2000s got a lot more body conscious, a lot more dressed up, a lot dressier. Hmm. And maybe now we are backlashing against that with the whole athleisure and, you know, sweatpants everywhere all the time thing.
1: <laughs> well, the, the, the changing the trend towards smaller and smaller clothes cannot come soon enough uh, for me. Certainly the, the, the pants Men's pants seem to lag women's pants by several years and uh, the the skinny jeans, which I can't buy. I I can't wait for those to go away.
0: (laughs) I'm actually enjoying the skinny jeans trend. It's just because that uh, those tend to fit me well. And I think they're Uh, comfortable, the stretchy ones anyway. It's funny. I'll sometimes right now I'll look at myself in the mirror and think, you know, junior high me would recognize adult me so easily, but I would ask myself, why are you still wearing the same clothes you were back in, you know, (laughs) back in high school or junior high with the big baggy sweater and the tight jeans. I mean, that's, that's really, I think exactly what I wore maybe my freshman year of high school and it's what I'm wearing now. Um, And it's something that, you know, is just easy to come back in style and it's, generic enough I think it's not like I look um dated wearing it you know Mm -hmm. I mean there are little changes obviously little tiny changes um but the general look is pretty much the same actually I'm I'm dreading the day that the short tight shirts come back in style George teases Uh... me because uh for a while there, I hated long shirts and I would only mm. wear shirts that were fitted and not too long. And now I, I complain because my
1: shirts aren't long enough. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking of going into what brought what the 90s brought in, I'm thinking back way, way back to going some of the first times I visited the mall back in the 80s. And I just remember seeing this giant room of clothing and thinking this is all hideous, even as a preteen. <laughs> wasn't even a teenager yet. And I was just looking around, you know, where is my plain shirt? Why, why can't this entire mall sell me a plain shirt? In the nineties, finally started doing that. And I think because it did that, there's no need, once you have a plain shirt, why do you need something fancier or, or more Stylized. I mean, you can choose to do that, but you don't really need to.
0: Yeah, but there's the little details that change, you know, the, the collar buttons, the um, way the cuffs are, the way that it's cut, just little tiny changes that are different. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing I notice is, you know, just subtle, subtle changes in the way that pants, women, women's pants and sweaters and things are different. And I, they do that, you know, just to to keep things looking updated. And also, right. sort of have to sell you new stuff. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Well, I, I think with menswear, there's this sense that there's classic menswear, and it, it's only classic as far back as we have photographs, because anything before that, you, you don't have the reference point necessarily. But so this, this this whole idea of classic detailing, you can't go wrong with the the classics. I think has really locked in menswear for a long time. And it's just now pretty much with the rise of, of Steve jobs and Mark Zuckerberg that, that we've broken out of that where it's like, okay, now we can wear something more casual. We're not beholden to just wearing the same suit that, uh, that I don't know, Sean Connery wore in James Bond or the same jacket that James Dean wore in one of his movies.
0: Yes, definitely the casual workplace has, I think, come and isn't going anywhere. I mean, there's some places where you can't be quite as casual, but it's definitely, I think, here to stay. (laughs) And that was a big, that was a big change in the nineties too. I mean, it, the beginning of the nineties, I still kind of had to dress up, but people we're getting more and more casual and and maybe that was the rise of the tech economy had a lot I, to do with that too.
1: For for menswear, it's really, it really was delayed, even as late as, I mean, close to 20, I don't know, 28 or something like that. Uh, I, I for, for Christmas one year, I asked for this details book of men's fashion and I didn't. I remember really
0: that. <laughs>
1: realize, and I didn't really realize as I went, until I you know, got it and read through it that 90% of that book is on how to wear a suit. And 5% of it is on why not to wear a t-shirt. <laughs> and so th- there's not much space, you know, Oh, you know, for, 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 for casual weekend, where if you're just stepping out to go to the store, you know, here's this, you know, you can wear a, a, a very carefully chosen, Ralph Lauren polo and layer a sweater and a jacket over that for something super casual. And it's like, well, if you live any place with a a temperature above, you know, freezing, that doesn't sound very comfortable.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, I could go on probably about this topic forever, but we are getting to the end of our time. So do you have any final thoughts on, um, the nineties fashion revival and gen X in general.
1: I, I, I think that, uh, I think that urban outfitters revived things as fast as they could starting. I think they started in the nineties and they've, they've revived themselves out of business. And at, at this point, uh, there's, we're not really reviving anymore. We're just picking and choosing that's that's my thought I
0: agree I agree and that's kind of what it says at the end where it says the look of the 2020s might be collaboration and I think I agree at this point there's everything's in the thrift shops everything's in the stores it's more about just picking which decade and which styles you want to wear because it's all out there
1: or, or not picking it all and having some uh, you know stitch fix or whatever send it yes. all to you without you deciding
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this and we will talk with you next week.